Well, welcome back to Open to Truth, a podcast all about exploring big ideas and discovering truth together. My name's Clint. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Now, this time, I need you to guide me through Ooh. the the morass here. I'll try. Of, um, so what I want to discuss is, and you may have heard of this, it's on everybody's mind, the metaverse. The wow, metaverse. wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, where to start? Why is it called that? Sounds okay. like universe. Why is it called metaverse? What does meta mean in Greek? Over and above, beyond. Excellent. So I think that's apt. That's fit. Here's Look, I think there's a lot of confusion around the term metaverse, particularly because Facebook was one of the first big players to sort of try to monopolize the term almost mm. with the rebrand to meta that we saw recently. So they're not called Facebook anymore. The company is called Meta. Facebook is one of their products like Instagram or WhatsApp or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they, along with their rebrand, cast this vision for a future where people are spending more and more time in digital reality. And particularly, Meta is excited about creating virtual social spaces. So if Facebook has always been about connecting with people, that's been their mission, social media, connect people, help people talk, mm -hmm. exchange, trade, whatever... The metaverse is the uh, the extension of that. It's 3D rather than 2D. Maybe. Do you like that? No. Okay. Here's why. Um, here's why. And it's because I think the term has gotten confusing. Because like on the one hand, when Facebook talks about what they call um, Horizons, I think is their app, like in Oculus, in VR, that you can go to these different worlds and there's people that like, there are people there in VR and you're seeing them in a space and you can interact and make friends if you want. Um, that is just like, like Facebook, or oh, sorry, I should call them meta. They're releasing a virtual chat room, you know, that they hope people come to. And they're using the word metaverse. And a lot of people are thinking, oh, Facebook is releasing a metaverse. Like, uh, like the Oasis in Ready Player One. They want to be the place where everybody goes to interact. Yes. Maybe that's not really what the word metaverse means or has been used to mean here's how i understand it and i think how people who have been in this space for a while understand the word metaverse is to refer to all of digital reality not just not just facebook's little virtual reality chat room where you can put on some goggles and chat to people that would be mm. one small subsection of the metaverse but i mean really but not me playing minesweeper on my computer is that part of the metaverse Here's where it, I think the line is going to get increasingly blurry. So if we think about the metaverse as being digital reality, a lot of us spend time there already. It's just really clunky. So the time that we're on our phone, interacting with information, interacting with other people, we're doing it with like two thumbs and a screen and we're reading text and it's like very clunky, but we are interacting with digital realities. We're interacting with information and we're... Uh, but, but the idea of the metaverse would be that digital reality would increasingly become merged with physical reality. So, mm. for example, and this is where it's worth distinguishing between VR, virtual reality, and AR, or augmented reality, which I actually think will be the bigger technology of the two. So let's start with virtual reality. Um, virtual reality is when you have a, the physical world completely replaced by a virtual world. I mean, you know. As a, in your conscious in experience. In your experience, yeah, it's not actually. But like you put on a headset, like uh, an Oculus Quest is probably the most popular one that's out there at the moment. It blocks out your vision of the real world and instead you've got a different screen for each eye that's showing you different 
info so that your brain is calculating depth and duh, 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 you are tricked into thinking there's a physical space here and there's depth and I can see that person over there and I can tell when they're close to me. Mm-hmm. That's virtual reality. And Facebook Horizons, this app that they're releasing and wanting to build out, is a virtual reality app. You would put on an Oculus headset or some other headset and it would feel like going somewhere to be with other people. Augmented reality is more like a Snapchat filter on your phone. So you are seeing the real world, but it's augmented in some way. Mm-hmm. Or Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go is probably the best example of like the first sort of viral augmented reality experience that we've had. So I can hold my phone up and it shows me the park, but I also right. see a Pikachu right but there. But still um, mediated through the device. Still through the device, yep. So um, the device is doing its best to calculate physical 3D space and then overlay a digital reality on it such that you're seeing both. You mm-hmm. now see the physical space and you see this digital reality that's there as well. There are some cool apps out there right now that mess with this. If you've never messed with augmented reality and you just want to see where things are up to, um, Ikea has an app. I think it's called, I don't know, it might just be the Ikea app. I don't know. But you can try out furniture in your living room, you know? So like mm. you want to see what a couch would look like in that corner just hold up your phone plop the couch down and it and it maps it in 360 so it's not just like a picture of a couch on your phone it's as you move your phone around the couch is moving around too you know like it's calculating its location in space and maintaining it um so you can imagine down the road once phones stop becoming the clunky uh interface that we're dealing with instead this will be something that you are wearing like a pair of glasses um so Microsoft is working on their HoloLens is probably the most promising product that's out there at the moment. Apple is pushing really hard to work on a headset that I think is supposed to come out this year. That's wow. like AR. They sometimes so call fast. it mixed reality. Yeah, it's kind of like a race for this new territory. Um, but I can imagine that it won't be that long before there's some kind of... It, it can't look too goofy. It can't be too weird. Like Google Glass failed because people started calling each other glass holes and it just like the branding <laughs> just went down and never took off. But... So it's got, it's on that, oh, you're looking for your drink. So it's got to be comfortable. It's got to look not too weird. But then as you're going through your day, who needs physical monitors anymore? Because you could just have a virtual screen here and a virtual screen here and a virtual screen here. Who needs a TV anymore? Why not just have a part of your wall that is like designated to be the, te- the watching part and anybody who's wearing these glasses sees the same show playing on that part of the wall, you know? Mm. Or like this is, you know, how some people already display their nfts this is and we can that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down but digital art okay maybe i don't need a physical photo frame maybe anybody who's wearing the glasses sees the art that i display on my wall or if i need direction somewhere um now google maps just draws an arrow for me and i just literally follow the arrow that's in front of me oh man i didn't think of that one um or if i want to go into a store I could hold up a pair of sneakers and it automatically searches and compares prices against other vendors online or something, you know? There's just, I think this is one of those things where we haven't fully figured out what the ultimate use cases will be just yet. Like, you know, when the internet was born, people were excited to get email, but nobody was thinking Tinder would be a thing and that it would like revolutionize dating. Uh, So who knows where this ends up? I don't know where metaverse stuff ends up, but... But at least when I use the word metaverse, and I really think this is how the word should be used, it's to refer to any and all of that that layer that's over and above physical reality that is the informational layer that we've all agreed on, the digital layer that then becomes um, visible or overlaid on physical reality. That's that's, that was that's the metaverse. A, that was a very masterful 
was it? speech about it. Is that okay? I think that could be understandable to anybody. Great. Yeah. Okay. All right. And what particularly I think is winsome and disarming about it is that the definitional kind of judo move at the beginning of like you already are part of the yeah meta- you're already, already participating here. in the metaverse yeah yeah we're just, just kind of like the bad way the crappy pong version that's right it. that's right as as amazing as it is now yeah to our eyes we are in we're at ground zero yeah this is just the just the beginning and so like virtual reality tech has only just recently gotten to the point where it's it's starting to go mainstream so this past christmas like the Oculus Quest 2 this past Christmas really exploded in a way that it's been out for a couple of years, but it... I'm starting to detect a, a shift in um, the attitude that people have toward those who have not experienced it yet. Mm. Um, there's not not quite derision yet, <laughs> but it's like, oh man, you haven't done that yet? Oh man, you... you... Like you... Yeah. Uh, it's now taken on the texture of... Hey, come be this early adopter. So yep. now it's like, ooh, you haven't done that. Oh, you got to get on oh, it. You got to try that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. From I, who I've talked to. So when I, yeah, I would say it's definitely past the early adoption phase. So back in 2016, 2017, I think is when the first Oculus headset that was consumer wow, version cool. came out. Hmm. And it was like, you got to be plugged into your computer. So a big cable, you're attached. It's big, it's clunky, it's not that comfortable. And there aren't that many experiences to try because the developers haven't really flooded in yet. So there's, And the games are expensive because the market isn't that big. So developers need to make their money back somehow. So there's like not as many people to play with. The technology is clunkier. It's more expensive and you're getting less for it. Now we're at and the you're point... Connected to, and you need to be connected to Wi-Fi? Um, depending on the experience. If you want to do something that interacts with other people, sure. Yeah. Hmm. But like if you wanted to watch a movie in a virtual cinema you don't need to go online oh really really just on the battery power of it yeah 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 if you've downloaded the file i mean you can it's just running the android os so you can put any files on there like you could on an android phone and just because i haven't um i haven't seen anyone out in public with one right have you Um, like at a panera just sitting there with their oculus on not at a panera i know some people on planes and stuff now Mm. it's becoming more normal to just chuck a headset on and why not? Instead of watching a movie on this tiny screen, why not? Yeah, Imagine yeah. I'm in a theater by myself. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think the form factor needs to get a little bit less dorky before it becomes oh, more yeah. commonplace. Yeah. I think it looks goofy still, the headset. It's pretty big. But like if Apple, I mean, everything Apple does is sexy and minimalist, you know. So if they design a mixed reality headset that can flip between AR and VR, like if it does both um, and it's like it's Apple style, I think it'll do really well. It's got to be so hard for these companies, and that's why the, the CEOs make so much money, the decision of do we get first to market with something that is going to be just a little bit worse yep. than your competitor who, however many months and mm-hmm. however much better, just that sliding scale of yeah. what's going to be most successful. Because if you come advent- too yeah. early and yours is totally crap compared to the one that's three months later, you're toast. You're toast. Yeah, but if you wait too long... And somebody else gets first mover advantage because, like now, and Facebook, you don't make that much better of a thing. Exactly, because like this is at the point. This is what I think Facebook has done well is they've got the they acquired Oculus years ago, so they now got this Oculus headset. And if you look at Steam, it's something like it's definitely over half. Most people who have a VR headset have an Oculus Quest. It's not it's not the Valve Index. It's not the other ones. Oh, You're I, like I couldn't even name the other ones. No, I haven't yeah, never yeah. heard of those. So if they've got the hardware and everybody's going to the Oculus store to buy their apps, 
they have this whole ecosystem that they're wanting to funnel people into, mm-hmm. like the Apple ecosystem with iTunes and, and all of that. So it'll be interesting to see how Apple tries to steal market share there. I don't know. Ultimately, I think it's good for us as consumers. This kind of competition is going to lead to mm. better technology, lower prices. We're going to win. So, um, But yeah, you're right. These big boys are all fighting it out. And you see, you're seeing all the big companies are talking about it. I mean, Microsoft is definitely working on the tech side and they just acquired Activision Blizzard. They've mm-hmm. got like games they're trying to incorporate and some of this stuff. I don't know if you wanted to touch on but another area of overlap is the NFT piece. Was that part of this episode, or do you just want to stick to my Oh, sure. We can we can go there for a little bit. It gets super, I think, like another Surface layer level. deep. It gets too complicated. Too weird. Okay. But, um, yeah, that, that's helpful. Well, okay. I'll just I'll keep it very light then. Like you, how it relates to the VR stuff. Yeah. You, you might have heard of NFTs. Probably have. Non-fungible tokens. Um, I'll keep it very surface level, but the idea is that Technology now has reached a point where digital ownership is possible and verifiable without any need for a trusted third party. With the crypto blockchain stuff. Yeah, with all of that stuff. So you could think about NFTs as almost being like barcodes. It's like it's a piece of technology that enables people to identify a specific item and its owner, who it belongs to, right? So there's a lot that could be said about the various schemes and scams that are out there around in this space. It's the Wild West, for sure. But the future, or the the dream would be... I don't know. Did you hear about GameStop and Immutable X recently, that partnership? Mm. That doesn't ring a bell? Okay. So I won't spend too long on GameStop, (laughs) but I'm going to name drop them here. So the idea is that in the future... um, Here, you and I are both gamers. We play games. Some of these games, you collect items, like World of Warcraft. You've got swords or something that you're getting. And when you're done with the game, like you just log out and you never log back in and any of the time that you had spent acquiring that stuff is just a nice memory that you have. Um, But the idea going forward would be that games would be designed in such a way that you really can own the property within the game, outside of the game. And and this is where people get confused. Like, for example, I don't mean, I don't mean, for example, that you will take your Thunder Fury from World of Warcraft and bring it into Call of Duty and start slicing people up like that program to no, program no. that is ridiculous but it can go into your little nft bag well yeah this is what's happening is gamestop is positioning themselves to be like the auction house between all the games so you want to sell your thunder fury you can do that sell it on gamestop and then buy a skin for call of duty you know oh. so you are transferring your economic energy or your investment in one game across all the games that you oh, play that's a cool idea. and the digital property uh is just as real and economically valuable as physical property. Yeah. That's the idea. And it could go down in value in oh, virtue sure. of like the servers of the game close. And now yeah. I can't play my World of Warcraft. So who's going to buy a Thunder Fury? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Still subject to market conditions and yeah, all of yeah. that. But at least the property, the ownership aspect, and then the commerce aspect, the technology is now in place to allow that to happen. So mm. because that, I want to be able to own stuff in the metaverse. I want to be able to own parts of digital reality. Um so, yeah, again, there's plenty of rabbit holes there with NFTs we could go down. But I think one of the things that this leads to is a discussion of like, well, but is it real? Is I want to know about that a little bit more. Is any of this stuff real? Because people are spending, I mean, a lot of money on some of these NFTs, which at the moment, a lot of them don't have many use cases. It's essentially a picture that you're paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, people want to know, what are you really buying, you know? 
I mean, I'm not initially too hung up on that. Quite that doesn't like keep yeah. me up at night. Right. Um, the re- is the is virtual reality real? Right. Because it's to me that's conflating just that being real means something is physical. Yeah. And at the very least, as someone who is a substance dualist that thinks God exists and God is a spirit, call me crazy, burn <laughs> me at the stake. Um, that I'm already comfortable with something being real that's non. You're already free of that. Now, yeah, I mean, I guess to me that that's enough for me that to not be worried about it. Um, it's real in the sense that it carries value, mm-hmm. um, just I think, like anything else. It's yeah, a, it, yeah, it matters to people. So, like, yeah. Well, this is, I can imagine, I've heard criticisms, you know, you and I are both gamers, so we're probably pretty sympathetic to wanting our endeavors in games to carry meaning or have value in some way. But but the criticism of like, oh, your achievement in the game, it's not real. It's like, well, but the game is real and I really did play it with other people and I really did achieve this thing in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So we can say, yes, I didn't climb a mountain in real life, but there is there is enough of a... Do you a, think games... Sorry, this, this okay. is totally insider baseball. Could... Um, <laughs> Could they make NFT uh, an achievement you got in a game? Like some of oh. original or the Mario 64 to get all 120 stars. Yeah. Like let's just say you have a little, now there's a little badge that you get. Yeah. Could that be an NFT, like achievements within games? Well, they're definitely, what you're describing sounds like, are they called Popes right now? P-O-A-P, proof of attendance protocol maybe? Like I'm thinking with an achievement NFT like that, you wouldn't want to sell it because like, because if somebody could buy it, it becomes meaningless, right? Yes, yes. You need to have done the just achievement. For, just for displaying, like yeah. art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I see no reason why they couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. They're already doing that kind of thing. Just like attend this virtual event and get this but, NFT but you to really show off in your wallet. But you prevent it from being sold, and that's why it won't happen? Um, that's a good question. Can you sell a Pope? Well, well there's... Uh, I don't know the answer to that. Actually, now I've convinced myself a little bit. Great. I mean... The, yeah, you're right. The, if you can sell it, then it doesn't hold value. Because mm-hmm. like, if I'm playing against another person in a game, or let's bring it to more real life with like a chess tournament, and I have a, I have my chess rating. Yeah, um, that is, it's not decentralized like what we're talking about with NFTs and crypto. Yeah, um, it's centralized around the United States Chess Federation manages everyone's rating. Mm-hmm. I can't. I would be hacking if I went in and changed all that, or you know. Yeah. Um, so maybe that wouldn't work, but. Yeah. Oh, what's cool about it would stop being cool the moment you sold it. Yeah. It's like the reason it's cool is because it's the the only way to get it is having done the achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So cut that out. That's stupid. I don't know if we need to cut it out, man. Come on. I've said way more stupid just stuff trying on to this add show. Something. <laughs> hey, I have an idea. <laughs> okay, but so I don't know if there's any more to really say about the realness question. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's a sub question. What someone is really trying to ask when they say that, like, does it matter? Does it have meaning? Um, well, the, the criticism might be it doesn't matter to you. Like, why are people spending so much on Fortnite skins? It's not real. It's like, well, but it does matter to them, and it and it is it has social status yeah if you have one. right but it shouldn't you might be right you might be right <laughs> but it does <laughs> like people collect stamps people collect baseball cards people trade hair online you know like 
There's a market for just about everything. Look what's happening to the Oscars. <laughs> I don't know what's happening to the Oscars. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> like it used to be really cool that someone won an Oscar or a movie did mm -hmm. because it used to it used to map on a little bit more to like box office sales and like oh, the, the yeah. really popular movies that yeah. everyone saw like that one won best picture and now everyone's binging whatever series they want or or just like the, I don't mean to get into the whole political thing but like the shifting standards for what constitutes best picture they're often films that no one really has seen that year and I got you yeah um yeah it was just kind of this niche cool weird little story that no one really saw and it won best picture it's like, oh okay yeah yeah, and yeah people started to tune out to no one knows i don't know what's up for best picture i don't know anyone who's won an oscar in the last five years yeah so anyway but just to show that um what was i just saying we were talking about how there's a market for anything and it's not valuable to you, but it might be valuable to someone else. And then you brought up the right, Oscars. And, and it can shift. Things that were once valuable can shift in its status. Yep. And, yep. Um, yep. It does seem like we are on, like there's something of an inflection point in the exponentiality of the, like technology growth and stuff. Like to your point, what, it was, we're now in 2022. I think I got my first VR headset in 2017. Maybe I might be wrong about that. Maybe 2017. Here we are five years later and now all the big names are racing for this, like Microsoft, Apple, Meta. Um, I feel already a little bit left behind. But. Yeah. Well, that's how, dude, that's how I felt just deep diving in crypto and NFTs this year. It's like, oh, there's a whole space emerging here with people who already know way more about this than me. And it was not on my radar a year ago at all. Um, I just wonder how how quickly this will happen and, and whether, like like the iPhone, how long did it take for the iPhone to become ubiquitous? Um, when did you get your first smartphone? Uh, 2017. 2017. Late. That's a bit late. It was late. That's when I was stepping into virtual reality. <laughs> I had okay. a flip phone for so long. You did. Okay. So... I remember they, when did they first come out? Somewhere like 2006, 2007, first iPhone. Yeah. So I think my my brother's right on the early adoption edge with this stuff usually. So remember he got his then. I think I got mine and I got a hand-me-down from him in 2009. And then what, by, I don't know, 2013, 14, most people had a smartphone. Yeah. If you didn't, you're in the minority. Sure, sure. So like I'm wondering how quickly will whatever the killer devices how quickly will that become ubiquitous? or or the technology changes to such that it it's more accessible so think back in the 90s so few people could like make their own website yeah you'd like know yes. how to code a little bit right right and right. now there's a company there's tons of companies like yep. a wix yep. or something where you can drag and drop it looks just like a word document or yeah and you can make your own website Website building easily. for dummies um i just see i see that I don't know where we're quite at in that process. It feels like we're trend. Well, we are trending toward accessibility. Yep. But right now, it still feels like a little bit tough. Like, what do I have to do? I have to get a a wallet, a crypto wallet. Oh yeah, and, like there's a learning curve for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas I don't know is how much it'll there will be one later. Right. With all these second layer platforms being developed like if you're worried about like what's bitcoin how do i get into it oh yeah at one point not far down the road there'll just be a little you button won't have to on worry your, about it on your banking app now that'll just like transfer it over well, to bitcoin it's in um 
it just got leaked the other day. It's in Apple's some of Apple's code for the next iOS to just have crypto payments as part of mm. baked into the Apple system is crypto payments. But yeah, you're right. Stuff like like you shouldn't need to know or care that the technology underlying it all is NFTs. Like in the same way you don't care about HTTPS and you don't really care about how barcodes work. You just care that they do work. And it'll be the same way with NFTs where mm -hmm. the fact that a game uses NFTs should not be a selling feature. It's like it should just be a good game and it'll just be a given that, yeah, and the stuff in the game, I actually own it and I can take yeah. it with me when I'm done playing the game. So this is maybe a continuation of the use case discussion, um, perhaps in the more nefarious direction. Mm -hmm. But we would be remiss to not bring up like the ethics of it. Yeah. And I guess the question, I'll just lay out the question is, is technology always morally neutral? And by that, I mean uh, the ethical impact of the technology is purely based on how the motivations, let's say, of the people using it slash mm -hmm. the consequences versus there's something innately uh, nefarious about how the technology is de designed mm -hmm. to, I don't know, harness the worst parts of us or prey on n harmful negative impulses. Mm -hmm. It's not totally neutral. Mm -hmm. Is it? Wh which one is it? Or does it depend on which technology we're talking about? I'm wondering that. I'm wondering if if it depends on which technology. Like, because just as you're laying that out. My gut, my gut is to say most technologies are neutral. It, it, they are tools that can be used in better or worse ways. Because if someone were to fire off and say, well, look at all the great evil that you can do with it. Of course. Of yeah. course. Like there has and always been. And that's, I think that's always been the case with technology. Yeah. At one point, there, wa there were no axes. Right. And right. they're really, really good for chopping down trees. Yeah. You can also hack off limbs with them. Yeah. In battle. Yeah. So... Every technology has horrific use cases. Here's, well, I'm bringing up too many topics at once, but just following that logic, though, you might, if you're, the concerned person might want to say, but at some point, tech reaches such a degree that it would be really nice to be able to pull the brake lever. It's too far. Too mm. much destruction can happen. Well, so for the axe, um, its impact is so um, parochial. I can do the tree right here, or I could hack the limb right here, but it's all within arm's reach. Yeah, okay? yeah. it's very local. Um, fast forward to the nuclear bomb. Yeah. This has killed many, many people. Yeah. Say what you will about the dropping of them, whether it was good or bad, people on both sides, but its scope for destruction and or po possibly saving lives actually by ending the war, it, the magnitude of it is so great that many have called for the deproliferation of nuclear bombs. Mm -hmm. we, sh we should not have a world with nuclear bombs. They cause too many problems. I feel more like, oh man, there's so many places we could take this. We do have a world with nuclear bombs. So now we need to deal with that. Like I tend to think about technology as being something that comes on the scene and then is something we have to figure out how to relate to properly because it doesn't go away. To your point, um, bad actors will always find a way to act badly using new technology. And may even be developers of it. Yeah, 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 could be. 
I wonder to do their bad actions. I I was tempted to say all tech all technology is neutral. It depends how you use it. The limit case was that I went to was a nuclear bomb, and I'm just wondering. Okay, the in, uh, the intent behind building a bomb like that. What like what is the purpose of the tool? To end to, what would be a prolonged war. Um, okay. It, it's of the scale that it can take out a whole rat bag city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the bad guys are all gone. And so they're not... It's in a just war theory scenario where gotcha. there are people on the side of the good and on the bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. That, that would, changes that, things that a That would bit. be the rationale. Yeah. Because I, I was just thinking through like what... Okay. Take and, some- and the tech, we have to be careful though. Like mm. the tech really is... Ooh, I might mess this up. Nuclear fission, the splitting, splitting of it. Uh, I don't know if that's only happening in the b- nuclear bomb. I mean, there's isn't that part of what's happening with like the possibility that that could be what propels rockets to distant galaxies? Is you're getting the energy from that to propel? Uh, I'm I'm out of my depth, so I'm not gonna comment. Or is that fusion? It's one of those. But fusion is what Doc Ock does in Spider-Man, right? Nuclear He's trying fusion. to do fusion, and he bring makes him, the sun bring together. Yeah. Fission, Fission divide. divide. <laughs> anyway, this sounds like the same kind of... Like, does it have use cases outside of destroying cities? But the tech of, like, we can fart with molecules now. Mm-hmm. Um, whether to divide them or bring them together. Great. I, I can imagine great good coming from that same technology. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So what you're counting as the tech, like the bomb. Well, someone just put the fission tech in a way that it just explodes on a city. You yeah, put, I'm, that feels like a line drawing problem, right? To me, right. a little bit, because because yeah. then ultimately you could just say all technology is moving atoms around differently, and it just depends how you move them around, whether or not it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. But there is no. I was trying to help your argument by bringing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was wondering, like, if you start with, well, are you in agreement here that thinking about technology as just new tools is a fair way to think about it. Or, or am I smuggling in too uh, much there? Because I think about a tool as having an intended purpose. Like, like a tool is a solution to a problem. I need to cut my flooring a certain way. I need this particular kind of saw that's going to cut it this exact way. Yes, yes. So the problem is embedded in the technology. Like it was created to solve this problem. S- but it also, for the clairvoyant among us, it also solves other Sure. Imagined problems. Yep. Um, for instance, let's just go to the the crass example of the smartphone. Yeah. It solves a ton of problems about well problems, um, pain points, let's say. Yep. Of communication, makes it rapid. But someone might have the quote unquote problem of I'm not able to see as many naked women fast enough as I possibly can. And it solves that problem Aha. for them too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, okay. I was yeah, I was trying to tease out can you can you bake sort of moral intent into the building of technology? Like how did this emerge on the scene but for somebody wanting to end lives in the case of a nuclear mm-hmm. missile? Um, regardless, as it, as it gets to, you know, the metaverse, I am inclined to think about it as being, well, A, it's here, so we're going to have to deal with it. Um, but I think it's going to be more and more how you use it, and I think it will... I think it'll be used for great good, and I think it'll be used for great evil as well, just like the internet itself has. It's really an extension of the internet. Um, 
I know, man, but there's um. Oh, okay. Or, let, me throw, let me throw this at you. So, um, just on the topic of the the sensual, because I think that's where many people go and their yeah. worries about it. Um, and I'm sure there's listeners who have there's no qualms at all about pornography or any of that. Oh, just do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, for instance, I know of people that whose families like have tolerated the risk of the smartphone mm-hmm. and the access to that stuff at any moment. Mm-hmm. You can do that versus the just how much more immersive mm-hmm. the experience would be in an Oculus or a VR mm-hmm. that like we can't that's like just having a loaded gun in the house not in a safe just on the counter mm-hmm. and we can't have that in a way that this isn't I don't know um I mean that might be I don't know. I think it depends on, I think it depends on the person. Like all the technology is really allowing for, well, I guess it depends on if you're talking about VR, AR, like if you're worried about the sensual stuff, it's not just porn, but there'd be like, there's already, you know, virtual chat rooms where you can go get frisky with strangers. So erotic role play, they call it. You're going to virtually touch each other and be wearing haptic vests or whatever. It's going to get to the point where, like that Black Mirror episode, you, I don't know, you've got some little brain-computer interface, and if you want to have a completely convincing sexual encounter with a virtual person, you, um, I, I expect the technology to reach the point where you could do that. Yeah. And for some people, that might be like having a loaded gun in the house. If, if that's something that um, presents a real temptation to you, then, then you will have to avoid that part of the metaverse in the same way you avoid strip clubs and prostitutes or whatever else might... Yeah. lead you off the righteous path, you know? I'd, where I start... But, the, but, okay, the comeback is... And I'm just using, like, this sensual arena as just one. I'm sure there yeah, yeah. are other... I don't know. Their violence yeah, would I'm be sure another there's area. Yeah, really gross, weird enter- stuff. Entertaining, Niche communities, kind of. yeah, yeah. The ease of access is... In a way... In, the ease of access plus how visceral... Yep. And encompassing the experiences is unlike anything we've ever seen yet. Right. And so, like, all the stop gaps you have to go through to go to a strip club yeah, or to go to a, a, sure. a cockfight or the roosters fight each other or something. Yeah. Uh, it, like, I have to, like, man, I really have to intentionally have to get in my car and drive and my gas meter will be lower. I don't know if my spouse is going to check that. And, like, where would you go for that long? And you have to make up this whole alibi and, like, Maybe you'll smell like cigarettes and booze <laughs> coming back from someplace. All these different things. And here it is like, bing, and I'm experiencing it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. There's something about that. Yeah, the barrier so, to, uh, I th- yeah, I think, I think you're wise to recognize that as being a real yeah. problem. Um, like if we, if we uh, you and I have already Barrier talked. to entry, lower, uh, Depth of depravity greater. Oh, or maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Depends how depraved you are. But yeah. like, no, I think you're right. You and I have talked about this. That, or you the know, damage that can be caused. We or... both have kids that we're thinking about how are we going to raise them in a world where pornography is immediately available to them. Um, they are going to grow up in a world where VR and AR has always existed. You know, they won't know a time before. What do you mean I can't just teleport and be wherever I want? Like, mm. that's going to be normal for them. 
And I think one of the one of the challenges that hasn't been sorted out yet in the VR space is um, age differences. And this can be really weird. Like I've spent a decent amount of time in VR. A uh, new MMO just came out, Zenith. So it's like a, it's a big open world game with lots of players. And you've got um, 50-year-olds and you've got 10-year-olds, you know, in the same what feels like physical space. It feels almost like a school playground, you know. There's groups of people. I can hear them chatting over there and I see this group and what are they up to? And you can just go say hello and introduce yourself. Oh, it's like it's a social yeah. space, but none of the social norms of age barriers are there Because you're some weird avatar, you're saying. Like exactly. A, you don't look like you. No, nobody knows how old yeah. you are until you open your mouth and, oh, man, okay, he's only like 10. Which is, for for someone like me, it's okay. I can like, okay, I'm going to chat to some, I'm, I'll, I'll play with some kids here. All right, that'll be fun. At least I'll suspend my disbelief and I'll become childlike a little bit for a while. That's Honestly, I think that's probably good for adults to do from time to time. But, man, if you're a bad actor and you want to groom kids or you want to take, like, get alone with a kid, you can probably do that in VR. Like, you can certainly find kids to chat with in VR oh, no. pretty easily. So, and oh, then, man. and not only that, obviously that's like, there's pedophiles out there and whoever else wants to prey on these kids. But more than that, there's just the challenge of how do you navigate social dynamics, the way adults and talk again, amongst themselves. there's versions of all that stuff on web too. If we can call that yeah. just like the screen version. Yeah, yeah. That's all a thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not fair to contrast it with like just without internet at all. And just mm-hmm. the, the need to go out of your house to perform these bad acts yeah. can all be done digitally now. Right, right. That's true. The The other thing is too, though, like, I guess some of these apps have protections in place for if your physical space gets invaded. Because, like, people can just come up to you, you know. Like, I've had people just come up to me and hug me in VR, which is very, like, oh, okay. Like, nobody does that really in real life that a stranger would just come up and hug yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I know in Meta's app, Horizons, there's, like, an emergency button combo you can hit. I think if you just clench both your hands like that, it just puts you in a void where there's nobody else near you. So like if it's all getting too intense or you're socially anxious or whatever, just disappear and go to the void. Um, So you can always block other players or not see them. But I don't know how apps are going to figure this out because it's even the the kinds of things I want to talk about with adults, I would not sometimes talk about with kids present or it wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah. Or the kind of play that I have with my mates is just very different than a 10-year-old who doesn't have the social skills of like, hey, don't talk constantly or like don't don't constantly be trying to get everybody's attention about every little thing you're doing, you know, leave some silence on the mic. Yeah, You just get exhausted with that. So I don't know how they're going to solve that because it is like a public space. It's like a new kind of a town square, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's no... What do you have? Do you have moderators in your game that are like the police of the game and they're like walking around and if you're a bad actor, they ban you? They hit you with a literal ban hammer and then you, <laughs> you, then you leave? Incinerate in this. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is. <sighs> but it's coming. It's coming soon. I mean, it's already here. And so the point, I guess what you're implying then is, or let's kind of just close by formulating the little argument Technologies come, mm-hmm. and there's no stopping it unless you're in a totally crazy authoritarian, totalitarian state. Mm-hmm. There's the free exchange of ideas. Someone will be incentivized to come up with an idea that provides value. And so technology is ever coming. And when it comes, we need to... It'd be cool to have done some legwork 
to prepare, but it's hard to prepare if it's a truly innovative technology because mm-hmm. you can't think of it. Yeah, it's innovative. Um, <laughs> and then the question is: then we have all these liberty discussions of what ought to be allowed. Do you try to? Yeah, does Congress step in and mm. try to regulate all these companies? Well, does that just create black market mm-hmm. uh, metaverse participants? And you can log on to their service and do your crazy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. yep. Is that what we're saying? It's just that's the way of the world, and there's no sense in trying to censor anything or don't go on this crusade of say, don't ever buy one or I don't know. Oh, but you're I, not really saying that. Like an individual I'm cer- might. I'm certainly not saying don't buy a headset. I own a headset. I think there's great value and promise here, and I think I'm particularly sensitive to it because. I'm someone who doesn't live near many of my loved ones. So for me, it provides a way to connect people. It solves a very real problem in my life, which is that I don't get to hang out with the people I love as much as I would like. So if I can meet up with a friend in VR and play mini golf, and it really feels like we're here playing mini golf, that's awesome. There's tremendous value in that. And the fact that there there are places in the metaverse that I will avoid, you know, Mm -hmm. doesn't detract from the great good that I have already experienced as a result of this technology. What about someone who would fire back and say, like, uh, it's going to cheapen the real world experience or not, I don't have it quite articulated mm-hmm. uh, or displace it in some way or you're going to be so changed by this probably really regular use of it that it's just not how humans are constituted how are what we were maybe evolutionary evol- evolutionarily evolved to participate in physical space and that's how we're made up and to be all all the all the bad stuff that people like a, a Jonathan Haidt have declared about smartphones and the whole social dilemma stuff uh, and how this is warping our brains for ill how much more so this even more um inceptioned away from mm-hmm. real life i don't know real life see that's where i yep i use that phrase um, that's where you lose me because i do i do think that physical how about this physical embodied space now what's interesting is the this whole metaverse is designed to emulate physical embodied space it's uh the way we're currently interacting doesn't emulate that it's all text on a screen mm. with thumbs we're maybe actually, this is the worst we're actually trying to make it more it. like this you know um i can hear and i hear that the complaint there like i i don't know whose voice this is but i can hear it um well this is just a way for man to try to play god you know this is a way for man to design whatever experience this the experience machine just mm-hmm. hedonism taken to its max yeah. just or uh, the movie inception mm-hmm. as i mentioned it with uh leo right yeah and there's a scene where, I don't know what's going on in the movie. There's this whole basement full of people like on the drugs that make you go into the dream state. Mm. And they just are, they hang out in there 18 hours a day mm-hmm. and they wake up briefly because the tech isn't to the point where you could always be on it. Mm-hmm. But they, but the participants report that when they t- are coming off the drugs that they are now dreaming. Yeah, so which one is the real life ends up switching for them, right? Yeah. They spend most of their time in the metaverse. That becomes the more meaningful 
avenue of experience than yeah. the waking world. And then I wake up and I walk into Burger King and do my shift. Uh, my life. And then so I go I can home go and, start my real life. Uh, finally. Yeah. I mean, I, that'll happen. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I get. I get. If it the, gets good, better and better and better. There's this dystopian trope of like the Ready Player One world where some powerful mastermind sort of is controlling the oasis. There's these towers of slums, and you're where, all locked in there. Yeah. And everybody should be happy with just a small room like this, and just plug in your headset. You don't need any more than this. So just plug in your headset, and you have whatever experience you want. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> what if that happens? <laughs> that could easily happen. Maybe I think it'll be. I'll be curious to see when it. This is what's so nefarious. This is what's so insidious about like the e- equity of outcome crowd. Mm. Like we, when you get when this gets introduced, think of how much leverage that could pull. Like you don't need these big properties oh, or yeah. houses. You actually don't even need to own a house. You don't need to own that. Yeah, you're just little, pay a monthly sub for a room, and then just be in VR and play games and then sell your NFTs and that'll pay your bills, and you never need to leave VR. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I'm curious how long it will take before um, the technology's there to where the fidelity for AR is, is uh, for VR is is truly indistinguishable. Because oh. like r- right now, can't we just assume that it will reach that point for the purpose of? Because like I guess there's already these military grade headsets that mm, like, that'd be cool to try out, wouldn't it? Yeah, look at me. They're, they're crazy on both sides of it. Ooh, that'd be cool. <laughs> Decrying its yeah. wickedness. And then the moment there's a better version. Uh, I think we'll get there. I This would be a whole other discussion, but I, I do think brain-computer interfaces is probably where it ends up going. The Neuralink stuff. That's the augmented reality path? Uh, no, it'd be VR or AR. It'd be some computer directly interfacing with your brain. No screens. No screens in front of the eyes. The, uh, the black mirror the black thing. Mirror, the, little... the little bean thing, yeah. yeah. I think that's probably where it ends up. Because that would allow you to experience sensation for like limbs you don't actually have. You know, you could have a third mm. arm in VR and control it and feel it because it's all just brain stuff. I don't know how far away any of that is, but I am interested. There is something, I agree, that feels sad if the world was just a bunch of humans with headsets on and like nobody's going outside to watch the sunset, you know, like something about that feels mm-hmm. sad. I don't think we reach the point where everybody's doing that. I mean, I think there are enough people who would just be like, no, it's not for me. I need to be in the outdoors where it won't reach that point. But I reckon a lot of time will be spent um, increasingly. Maybe, maybe this is it. The line will get blurrier of like, yeah, w- what what is the physical reality and what's the digital reality? If it, if it ever reaches the point where you have some piece of tech that's embedded in you, it won't really matter if something's digital or physical in terms of felt experience. Here we are in my room and there's a we both see this picture on the wall. Now I'm now I'm Do not we care? Uh, now I'm not as happy about the if it's real question. Because of what I just said? Yeah, now I'm more worried about it. Tell me about that it. That it's not real. Um, what if you if you have a harder time distinguishing which parts are physical and technology driven and which parts are or sorry which parts are digital um, I don't know if I can articulate okay. the fear but just you don't want to lose touch with the real we don't want that yeah the more uh, high fidelity you make the thought experiment yeah. the more freaked out a little bit, I think I get about yes, the what is real question. Yeah, because it's more indistinguishable. Yeah, right now, like oh, it's obviously well, 
I can clearly tell what's physical and what's not, and it's all real in the sense that like people value it, but like but concrete the base, here. the base layer of reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to know what's the what's the base layer. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's going to be interesting, man. Well, it's here. It's happening so fast. It's happening, so we're going to figure it out as we go. So you would say that, like, just what's the takeaway then for our ethical thinking about it? Judge for yourself whether this is a technology that you can handle morally. I get here. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's so. where I wanted to go for a second. Is like, it's not. It's not entirely obvious that humanity is morally ready for mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. We, we're we're barely hanging on by a thread <laughs> with this thing, let alone what's gonna come. Yeah. From that. And I get that actually trying to develop a policy or a politic that has good rules for how this should go or that we should actually try to censor it. I don't even know if that's possible or feasible, Mm -hmm. but it just worries me, I guess, that we're not actually ready for it. Yeah. It's just too much. It is a lot. But it's coming. It's coming. And there's nothing we can do about it. No. Can't beat him, join him. Yeah. I don't know if I have a great takeaway for us ethically. I mean for me for me man it really just feels like another it feels like another space and I'm the same person and I I try to carry myself ethically the same across any domain I inhabit be it virtual or physical. Um especially as it pertains to interacting with other people like might be an avatar but it really is a person you know well dude like, okay no we're going running a little long that's okay it's my podcast <laughs> i want to talk about it so uh now what do i what do i really want to say i'm worried that that ethic not mm. only is just really hard to maintain but not not that many people hold that view. I'm thinking of online gaming and the amount of abuse yeah. uh, and, and done in the spirit of it's a, just a game. It's a game, yeah. So like there's this notion of ganking yeah. in a, in a MMO, or which kind of has this texture of like there's a little avatar and that there's a real person controlling that often. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can, and he's way lower level, meaning I could just kill him in one hit if yeah. I wanted to. Greatly disadvantaged. And it's super annoying to have that happen to you. You just run up and... It's like, okay, well done, mate. You got me. You're wondering... But, is but it, that is it... conflicts with what you just said about, like, I, well, I, I'm the same person no matter what space I'm in. And I carry my ethic with me wherever I go. But there's something about that space and the context of it that actually threw the ethic out the door. Because mm-hmm. you wouldn't have done you don't do that to real pe- to people in real life yep. in physical space yeah yep so i got um and nor are you or the correlate of a rude frustrating thing you're not doing either yeah it's the anonymity it's the context of it that well it's the it's the context of that's what the game is it's a player versus player game called warcraft yeah where you make war so like if you didn't want to experience pvp don't join a pvp server so i have no problem with it in a game like that and it's and same thing in um vr like i've played contractors and i definitely shoot people in vr because that's the game like i'm gonna shoot you Mm -hmm. um 
but insofar as the a particular <laughs> what are you giggling about i don't know because i mean that's kind of funny yeah that's the in- it's the intent of the space we all launched this app to shoot at each other mm-hmm. so now here we are meeting in this space with guns where we're going to shoot it's a very embodied thing where you're yeah. shooting people with guns yeah yeah and and you know what i think would make it weirder and actually would give me pause on, on ganking somebody is the voice chat like if there was just open mic voice chat and i could hear this guy saying dude please don't kill me come on man I, then i wouldn't i really wouldn't you know i wouldn't be able to bring myself to do it i don't think if i could hear a human begging me not to <laughs> so maybe that's a little different because in vr you've got the voice and it and it um, communicates proximity like they can sound further or closer and they really do sound like they're right there and you can turn your head and see them and they can just like it is interesting even just with hand like controllers in a headset how much body language you can get from that let alone the full body tracking so um but but it depends on the context of the app that we've all launched like mm-hmm. at the end of the day we are all going to spaces where we agree to play by this set of rules that's what it means to be in this space I'm I am tr- trend toward libertarian at heart, but mm. there's something like that makes me want to crack down on it. Too much freedom. Have you seen the game? There's a point and click game where like uh, it's Donald Trump getting assassinated over and over, and you are a Secret Service person, and you're trying to jump in front to I dodge it. I have not seen that. And no. it's like an instant restart. You can do it like 15 times in one minute. Yeah. And you don't. You can purposely really fail to be a good sure. Secret Service person to watch. DT get yeah. owned over and over. Um, yeah, crazy little game that <laughs> I saw. But to do that in VR, it's like, I don't know. There's It can become like a strange little training ground where like it's so physical and embodied that you're like mm-hmm. being an assassin and yeah. it feels like you're really stabbing. Well, dude, this or, is the thing. It will trigger PTSD in people who have, you know, they've had events with guns. Could it create murderers? People that wouldn't otherwise do it start to feel comfortable with like, oh, I'm stabbing somebody. It really feels oh, like I it. see like a like a desensitizing argument. Kind of like how our parents viewed Grand Theft Auto. But in this case, you really are acting it out. And and it was so like, I'm pressing buttons though, dude. It like, was I'm, just abstract. But yeah. now it's like, I hold a knife and there's this avatar and the technology isn't that far away from producing a sensation, I don't think. Maybe I, it is, but... I suspect, what do you reckon about this? Because I hear what you're saying. Like I've played some games like, you know, Blade and Sorcery where you're chopping people up with swords or whatever. And and yeah. it's not, you know, graphically, it's not, it does not look right. anything like if I actually cut into somebody's flesh. If it reached the point where it was that graphic and it really felt like I was doing it, I don't think I would play that game. I don't know, I how, ma- I don't know how many people would. Like if you were playing through, imagine you had to know. You had to go through <laughs> yeah. like a, I don't know, a Fallout story or a Far Cry story and it really does feel like a tiger is jumping on you and you've got to slit its throat and then you've got to sneak up behind this guy and stab him in the heart. Like if it really feels like you're doing all that stuff and you have the wherewithal to play the game, then Give, I do start to wonder that I... Uh, could barely cross across a room in the Half-Life game <laughs> out yeah. of fear. Yeah, I would like to think the same impulses that stop you from being violent in real life mm. might also. The, the thing that kicks on and says, that's a real sentient person, don't hurt them, you know. Like, I would hope that gets triggered in VR as well. 
Anyway. I don't know, we're just not there yet. Yeah, yeah. But but it's coming. Ask me in ten years. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe not, I'm not the best person for this, but I feel like someone who's really opposed to it would have some some better pushback. Yeah. Hmm. But technology's coming, and it's it's always been the onus of human beings to do ethics. We mm-hmm. need to keep doing ethics. Mm-hmm. It's not something that was settled with Plato and Aristotle. Yeah. But our environment's and always we changing. To, we need to confront it as it comes. And it's changing. And the answer isn't just outlaw it. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Because it hasn't worked and it yeah. often doesn't work. And it has great use cases. Like it really does solve some problems. Um, yeah. Yeah. Activity should be, certain activities should be illegal. Yeah. Because they cause harm to people, right. like right. murder. Yes. But the tech, it's, I don't know if that works. Yeah, I think it's, it's ambiguous. It. Yeah. All right. All right. So there's an intro to the metaverse, guys. Hopefully that was. But that, I'm going to clip out that intro that you did. That little definition at the start. That was great. All right. Very helpful. Hope that was helpful. Yeah. I'm by no means an expert. I'm just an early adventurer into this space. So if any of you guys are chilling in the metaverse and you want to play yeah. some mini golf, hit me up. So thanks for coming along for that ride. Uh, I want to, I'm going to say this at the opener of the next one so that more people hear it, but okay. uh, some housekeeping. Ooh. We have switched where the blog is located. Oh, yeah. Tell me. So I've just grown fond of this place called Substack. Uh, a lot of disaffected journalists have headed there mm. upon being canceled for various reasons. And um, it's just a way for content creators to monetize their mm. work. Um, we're not going to do that straight away or anytime soon but it's just that's why a lot of people have flocked there Mm -hmm. and it's pretty cool because so far there hasn't been like a clean place other than our own personal website to house both the podcast and the blog oh yeah um like i've been sending it out through mailchimp so it goes to the inbox and it's just a it's an email yeah and they may never go to our website Mm -hmm. or see a pod it's just more disconnected here, if you were to subscribe, just like you have been, then you would see the blog and the podcast on one feed. All in one feed. place. Yeah. Brilliant. Substack, so what's the URL? Openatruth.substack.com. Beautiful. Yep. Openatruth.substack.com. And I've named the blog Stay Curious. I like it. Yeah. I think it's good. The Stay Curious blog. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's a cool way. Like, I, it doesn't have to be a blog. Like, it also functions in a Twitter esque sense. Oh, okay. So I could send out a little message. Um, oh, so, for all their... your OTT goodies, you want to be subscribed to the Substack. Mm-hmm. And we still have our website, openandtruth.com. Yeah. But cool. It's cool to be on a platform with other content creators. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Sweet. Um, if you have any comments, anything to add, or you want to ask a question, you can do that on this YouTube video if you're watching that. And if you're listening, you can write to us mailbag at openatruth.com. Check out the Substack, and we'll see you next time. Stay curious. Stay curious.